imagine actually having a team of gals in the medium of Russo and Black Sunnies together. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. I suppose 90 second winner. I've never scored a 90 second minute winner. I don't know what it feels like. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. You're very welcome back. So we're going to talk some hurling. Mr. Tommy Welch is on the line. How you doing? Yeah, good evening, John. So listen, oh, we were just talking there in the news round, by the way, people were bemoaning the lack of atmosphere at the rugby on Saturday at the Aviva Stadium and we were sort of making the point, we don't have many songs. After the Fields of Athenride, that's kind of our arsenal done with. Do the Kilkenny fans have a go-to number during games? <laughs> I don't think Hurland's too fast, Joe, really, to be. Yeah. Start singing songs, you have to wait till you become champions to do that, but... I'd say if you were to go back over any of the songs, I'd say Limerick would probably stole the show there with the last few All-Irelands and the, the songs we've built it out there for about 10 minutes after. So no, I think the game is too fast, Joe, for Kenny to come up with a song, really. Yeah. That's true, actually. There'd be about 15 scores if you were to blast out the fields of Athenry. <laughs> so we've a whole bunch of things we want to talk to you about. Richie Power, very interesting interview this week on the BBC's GEA social podcast. Uh, teammate of yours, eight All-Ireland medals, two-time All-Star. So he was talking, for people who didn't see the interview, just to give you some context, he was talking about his gambling addiction. So he said in the interview, it started at a relatively young age, probably around 17, 18, and it would have been very small at the beginning. And then I suppose it just took hold of me, really. It grabbed a hold of me and it affected so many other people as well affected me throughout my sporting career. I just felt being an intercounty player, you have so much free time, weekends, wasn't it socialising, you're trying to maybe fill the void. I would have used gambling as a huge escape. It was escapism for me, away from hurling, away from other problems that were going on in my life. Injuries, for example, I would have seen any time I broke down injured, I would spiral that way. Uh, you're trying to manifest a life that's perfect and great, whereas at the back of your mind, it was complete turmoil, fighting with it, knowing that I was struggling with an addiction, but not being strong enough to ask for help or go home and sit down with my parents and family and not being man enough to do that. And then he was talking about how he did start to reach out for help. Things uh, seemed to come to a head for him around 2013. He was having a dip in form and he had a meeting with Brian Cody and Cody had a sense of issues off the field and said to him, you need to get this sorted out or it's in your hands if you want to almost salvage your intercounty career. So what he said about that was, Brian was aware. Uh, I wouldn't say he was aware of just how bad things were aware, but he was aware of my gambling. That kind of led me to everything coming out at home with my mum and dad and my brother and my sister. Everything was put on the table. GPA were a huge help. I remember me and my dad driving up to Carrickdale Hotel to sit down with Oshin McConville for a few hours to talk and that was the start of the road to recovery. And obviously he went on to play in All-Ireland Finals in 14 and 15 as well and retired with eight All-Irelands and two All-Stars. So, Tommy, I'm wondering, management, it seems there, were aware that there were problems for Richie off the field to some extent or other, maybe not the full extent. Were you as a teammate aware that there was an issue? Um, I suppose, listen, uh, you know, the back of my mind, I would have been very close to Richie. Um, you know, I, we came from probably uh, similar backgrounds in that our parents were steeped in the club, steeped in the county, hurling was their lives. So myself and Richie would have hit it off straight away and we had a great friendship throughout his whole career, throughout my whole career. Now the whole group anyway, as I, I said, every player is a group, we were close to it anyway. But um, he definitely would have been one of my go-to guys. Um, I think it would be roughly the same, I'd say, idea as what he just, the way he explained it with Brian Cody. I probably knew that he was gambling all right, but it's, it's a hard one. Like You, you don't want to... 
don't want to be nosy and you know start trying to get involved in someone's life either because like everyone knows the story with you know an alcoholic uh, you know a gambler um you know a drug addict these guys like like they, they can't really stop now listen i don't know but say looking in from the outside with not too much inside knowledge mm. of, of these lives i would say like it's up it seems when they do come out telling their stories they have to decide it first um like you telling them or get trying to get involved I'm not sure how much that will help but yeah i probably knew um that listen he was gambling but i probably didn't um didn't ask enough questions really to see was there an issue there but I probably if I had my time back I probably wouldn't either like I think it's something maybe that they, they probably have to find out for themselves maybe I don't I don't know Joe but yeah I knew mm. I knew he was involved in it but so are many people I suppose you yes, know yes. and that's the thing I mean we all have uh, friends or people in our world who'll be telling you oh, geez I had a bet on there and I lost the bet or I have a bet on this and hopefully that wins tonight and sometimes it's, it, you don't know where the line is in terms of being a quote-unquote healthy relationship with gambling and an unhealthy relationship with gambling. And would you have looked at Richie and thought, oh, I think this has crossed a line or a sense that he was in turmoil, to use his word? Yeah, like say, I wouldn't have been surprised when the story came out the other day, but right. at the same time, you know, I, I didn't go and try and find out, to be honest about it, Joe, you know. Um, I just, you know... He, and I don't know whether it's the right thing or wrong thing. You kind of you try not to get too involved in people's personal lives that way because, you know, at the end of the day we were great friends. Like you, probably, you know, maybe you know maybe you, you should, but my side on it, no. And as I said, if I had any time back, no. He seemed like he still seemed like he he never seemed under too much pressure. Like you know, he was I was a great guy. Like behind it all, Richie Power and his father and mother, they're great people, very genuine people, country people. Like you know and. You know, um, you know, what is me? He never asked me for money or anything like that, so I'm not sure what the story is with with, with issues that way. Like, but um, no, I didn't. Don't know how bad it was. But mm. he, he obviously, with the story that has come out from himself, it obviously was bad. If he had to go and meet his parents and go up to Carrickdale to meet Ushin, um, McConville. But I think he mentioned the GPA there as well. I mentioned Brian Cody, so it does show go to show that it is very important for people to step in and uh, try and help out if they can. And um, I'd say, you know, that was a big statement. If Brian Cody was trying to sort it out, you know, Richie would want to be there. He came back and as you said in 14, 15, but he was instrumental in 14, he had big injuries. But himself and his brother, uh, John Power, it was a massive day for their parish and family. The all and finally against Tipperary to, to, to score the goal apiece, like, you know, and they were, you know, fantastic, fantastic, um, fantastic players. But yeah, listen, it's, I think on the wider scale in Ireland, Joe, it's a, it is a big issue. Like, you know, yeah. I'd say we all know people, not just him. So the GPA, I think, you know, often people, you know, what do the GPA do? Well, he has mentioned there's one life that he's after helping, that mm. they're after helping out. And if you help out one, isn't it one more than was helped out before they, they were formed? So I think um, that shows the benefits of the GPA and maybe the likes of Ushin McConville role models in, in the game. But it's definitely something that I'd say if, the GA and GPA, they try and get involved maybe more uh, frequently in, in county panels that, listen, here's a guy that you can talk to, maybe, you know, mm. a few ex-gamblers, uh, because with an alcoholic, I suppose, you can probably see it. Um, drug addicts maybe the same, but gambler probably not. Like, a could, uh, could be down 100 or 200 grand, no one knows that in the bowed, and then it's tough going, you know. So I'd say it would be a great idea maybe to get ex 
gamblers that would like to help out as kind of go-to guides for, for lads that are in trouble, you know. Yeah, well, it's to his immense credit that he's spoken out because he didn't need to. And generally with these things, there's often a spike in onlookers with similar problems looking for help themselves and making the first step themselves. So I suspect he's helped a lot of people in doing it. Did you reach out to him yourself over the last few days since you heard of the interview? Um, no, like it just send them listener text, just a private text there really, yeah. to be honest. But yeah, I know Richie, listen, he's sought to the air. He's one of the good guys. So I'm delighted that, you know, since 2013, as he said himself, he, he'll always be a gambler. So I presume it's a battle ongoing. So he um, just absolutely delighted for him that he, he has turned it around, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We wish him well. Uh, let's talk hurling then before the clock comes against us. Uh, much of the talk over the last few days was about where the league stands as a competition in hurling so in football the importance of the league has increased with each passing year and it's incorporated into the championship now and even the final round coming I think all bar eight teams in the football have something very significant to play for whereas the last round of the hurling uh, seemed to be uh, a little lacking in drama this really is how hurling has chosen to go though Tommy isn't it because 2012 to 19 we had Division 1A and 1B and it was very much merit based and it was a real fight to stay in Division 1A and it was very important you stayed in Division 1A and now for the last couple of years it's uh, the best teams spread across both divisions relegation really isn't the end of the world and therefore we're having dead rubber games and it does feel very much a secondary competition to the championship and that seems to be the way hurling folk wanted is that your read on where the league is or are you a little bit disappointed looking on last few weeks no you hit the nail on the head I think since the championship turned to the round robin type format Joe, there's plenty of intense championship games so you have four or five intense championship games anyway whether in Munster or Leinster so the weaker counties they always, you know, when they're giving interviews to the papers, on television, to the media, they want to play against the Corks, the Kilkenny's, the Tipperary's. So the league is a perfect chance, I think, for that to happen. And now it's happening. You're talking about dead rubbers, right? There is dead rubbers. But it gets, it gives county managers chances then, say, if you're on the stronger teams, give your panel members a, a game. So they're not just training all year round and just being bit power players. They're getting good matches during the league and then they're getting their chance under, I suppose, in games that are, there's not as much pressure on them. So they can, you know, softly get into the game. So I think it's brilliant, both for the weaker counties and the stronger counties. And regards winning the league, then like I think it's still so important because... Like there's only, as you said, there's, there's only really three championships. There's your league, uh, your league, your Munster, or Leinster, your provincial, we'll say, and then you're all Ireland. And if you look at the four league semi-finals, Bark, you know, Kilkenny, even the Kilkenny, the current Kilkenny panel haven't won too much over the last couple of years. You know, a couple of Leinsters maybe, and a league, the Munster, the Cork boys, they've only won one or two Munsters a lot of that panel. Wexford have won a Leinster championship, and um, Watford, they've won none of them. So, like, if it was me and I'm part of, uh, of either of them panels, I'd be going all out for this league because they haven't won it the last couple of years, the league, and they still didn't win the All-Ireland. So if I'm part of the management team or, 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 or the squad in that, I'd be doing everything I can to try and get a league medal or to get to a, to a league final. Would you? Job. Yeah, because it was interesting. John Kiley, even back in December, he was pointing out that the league final is very close to the first round of the championship. And he said that's something a lot of teams are cognizant of. So I think we're talking maybe a two-week gap. So I'm half looking at Cork against Kilkenny. That's on the Saturday, Porky Cueve, 7.15, and Wexford against Waterford on the Sunday at Nolan Park. They're the two semi-finals. I mean... You've got to wonder if all four management teams do want to be in a league final two weeks out from championship. Yeah, well, you mentioned John Kiley, but that's grand because they have a bag full of medals in their mm. back pocket. 
So they don't have to go all out for the league. I looked at the last 20 years of the league there, Joe, right? And 18 out of the 20 years, say I didn't take into account last year because the league final wasn't really played. Yeah. So 18 out of the 20 years, one of the league finalists has made the All-Ireland semi-final. If we take the All-Ireland semi-final as the kind of standard, if you get to the semi-final, you've had a, a good year. Not the perfect year, but a good year. 15 out of the 20 times, the league champions have made the All-Ireland semi-final. 11 out of the 20 times, the losing finalist has made the semi-final. And like 11 times the finalists, one of the finalists become champions. So there's, hmm. there's there's no problems getting to these finals. And I think it goes back to teams, players that are maybe a bit insecure. They're not ruthless enough. It comes to managers or teams that um, they're, they're a little bit, you know, they're lacking a bit of courage. I'd see it as, as guys that look at the, the glass half, half empty as opposed to half full. Oh, listen, we better not try and win the league final. You know, it might damage our chances in the championship. How many league finals have you won? And how many championships have you won? So I think you should, any match you go, whether it's a league final, a league semi-final, a quarter final, you should never try and, you know, go out and try and save yourself for a championship. And I'll give you one example as well from the new, say, over in the Super Bowl, um, in New York. Uh, it was the Giants, I think. And um, they were in the, the last round of, of their regular season a couple of years back. And um, it was the time, I think it was Tom Collin was over him that time around, maybe 2011. And they were playing the last, last game and they didn't have to win. They were, they were qualified anyway. And would they arrest all their players? Because over there then you're playing the week after, two weeks later. You arrest all your players, the New York Giants, and save yourself for, for the eliminator the following week. Or do you play and try and win again? And Tom Collin said, I can't, after telling my guys all for six months, that everything is about winning. Every training session, every match. How do I go out then and just before we say championship and telling them, take it easy here, lads, we want to relax and save, save us. So you either have a winning attitude or you don't. And I'd be all for you go out, whether it's a league final, challenge match, semi final, next weekend is all about winning. Yeah, hard to argue with you. So, like I said, Cork Kilkenny, 7.15, Porky Cueve, and then Wexford Waterford's on the Sunday at 3.45. Cork looking for a first league title since 1998. Uh, this is a repeat of the All Ireland semi final. Kilkenny at times struggled a bit with Cork's pace and power, so there's going to be a lot here to look out for. This is a very interesting game, and it's in Porky Cueve, of course, as well. How do you see it, Tom? In Parky Cueve, big pitch. It'll be like a summer field. I often found in Crow Park, it didn't matter whether you were playing in April or playing in September or June, the field was always magnificent. There was never much of a wind either. I presume Parky Cueve, the new pitch, is much the same. While the ball played not so long ago in the All-Ireland semi-final, Joe, a lot has changed. Kilkenny are now using the ball far, far better. They have speedsters inside in their full back line. Mikey Butler, he was on the O'Loughlin's team. Um that got to the county final he was on Dizzy Hutchison last last weekend I was watching him from behind the goal I didn't realise he was as pacey he's he's a man marker and he's fierce pacey so he's a huge addition to the Kenny team inside Hugh Lawler is just going from strength to strength centre back with his club full back now with Kenny you could play him anywhere big huge guy but plenty of pace the other corners from our own club uh, Tommy, Tommy Welch from the village and fierce pace first thing he has is pace so this Kilkenny team has pace but when they get the ball now Joe they're not just firing it up they look up If there's no, like the Limerick team if there's no spare guy would say that they can give it a 60-40 ball to they will not give it Give it. and I thought we saw a perfect example of it last weekend against Waterford Parra got the ball at centre forward he hit the ball across to David Blanchfield who was all on his own a wing back he came up on his own gave it into Killian Buckley goal I just thought 
beforehand you would have just fired that ball up or fired it over the bar either as guys playing the ball laterally playing it backwards and, and not just for the sake of it looked good doing it and then you have Cork then on the opposite side of that show playing a bit more defensively Jeremy Melrick has added a lot to that team he was injured for the All-Ireland final last year he's back around the back line shoring it up they're playing more zonal Cork are playing more zonal now um, Joe and Darrell Leary in full back so listen I think the styles have changed dramatically for both teams and really both I think there's fierce excitement in both sets of supporters mm, Yeah it should be a great game so that's on the Saturday night and then finally we have Wexford Waterford Nolan Park on the Sunday Wexford 5 for 5 under Dara Egan and no league since 1973 for them two sides who run the ball short uh, passing possession based game uh, how do you see this then? We, we talked about Waterford the other week and you were very impressed. Are Wexford under Egan uh, a vastly different proposition to the Davy Fitzgerald version? Yeah, I would. I would think so. I think um, both Waterford and Wexford have probably come on from Davy Fitz, we'll say, and Derek McGrath from a, a mostly, you know, defensive system first and then attack with the ball. This is more of a hybrid, Joe. So they're well able to come out with the ball, but they're also able to play the other game where they've Conor McDonald will say Wexford one on one inside, give the ball Rory O'Connor maybe inside with him. Two boys that would make any team in the country get the ball into them. They want to be one on one, get the ball around their man, goal pint. Same with Waterford, the Desi inside, um, and you just want to open it up towards in previous systems he would be marking maybe an extra defender now they're trying to get him in one on one so I think they've definitely their game is more hybrid than than the mostly defensive system and I think that's what's given them a chance to go on and become all Ireland final contenders and I think out of the four teams these two needed the most mm. and I think especially Watford Wexford have won um, their Leinster championship these current group Watford are still waiting for that first title and with titles comes confidence so I think these two I think will be going out of the hardest OK very good uh, very last quick one last time we spoke we were talking about the hand passing rule which was being enforced uh, did I hear rightly you're seeing some improvements on that front from the players yeah definitely I think there's a more um, focus on it to throw up the ball and let the referee see some space uh, it was actually Kenny Watford match I think there was only one or two uh, freeze against the hand passer but as a supporter looking at the game there wasn't for, for the last year or two you could see people actually throwing the ball I couldn't see it the other day they were making a genuine attempt to do it I think it's definitely after you know helping the game and it's a it's you know it's a skill of the game and it's mm. great for sport to see it Okay very good we're just out of time Tommy but uh, great to talk to you we'll chat again soon Tommy Welch thank yeah. you Thanks a million see you later Joe